0: Welcome to the Fuel, Lift, Thrive podcast, where we talk all things fitness, no-nonsense nutrition, and lifestyle transformation for the modern day woman who's ready to quit the diets, ditch the scale obsession, and fall in love with being strong. Hosted by yours truly, Alessia Donato, opinionated Italian, lover of all things iron, who also happens to be a certified personal trainer, nutrition coach, life coach, and owner of the Body By Less online nutrition and fitness program. So grab yourself a coffee as we get open and honest about what it takes to build a strong, fit, and healthy body and mind from the inside out. hey everybody welcome back to another episode of the fuel lift thrive podcast super duper happy to be on here once again with you guys i hope you all have had an amazing few weeks since the last episode and um yeah so today we are gonna chat and it's quite relaxed but with a little bit of structure (laughs) but i do want to talk about intuitive eating um it's something that i've found very interesting in the past in my own experiences as a health coach when i first entered the industry And um, the more I have learned and discovered and educated myself over the years, I have seen this movement, you know, from where it started when I first read um, the book on intuitive eating back a couple of years ago to where it is now and the confusion and how it intersects with healthy at every size and body positivity. I wanted to, you know, make a podcast about it. Now, Everything in this podcast is, you know, my own personal experiences, um, both as somebody who has used intuitive eating approaches um, and also, you know, from what I've read and um, what I've seen, you know, in in my clients, I have never personally used the intuitive eating approach. Um, protocols with any of my clients, but I have kind of picked things that I do believe work and help and use it in my own coaching. Um, I am not a body positivity coach. I'm not a healthy at every size Coach, either. I do believe that it's, you know, a great movement with really positive um, kind of ideas and it, the message that they have can really help many people. However, the way it's now been blown up and the way things have gone in social media and what you see on social media and just in general about healthy at every size and intuitive eating, I feel like we have gone. From you know, a place where we were, you know, in a very positive place to now a, you know, bit of a victim kind of mentality where we are now pandering to a lot of people's feelings, negating science, um, negating the benefits of weight loss, the benefits of pursuing weight loss. Um, so before I get into all of that, I want to kind of just share, who invented this intuitive eating approach? I want to kind of start off with educating you, if you've never heard about intuitive eating. Um, I want to go through um, the whole kind of ten principles that were, you know, discovered and you know, put together by the author of the book, Evelyn Tribble and Elise Resch. I don't know if I'm pronouncing their names correctly, but I read their books. Um, well, their book, and it was written in 1995, and it's a very good book. I really highly recommend if you're interested in, you know, nutrition and healthy lifestyle, and you're interested in intuitive eating, and you're also interested in, you know, breaking away from diet culture, I do believe that it's a very good book, and it has some really amazing, amazing principles that is also backed by science. However, all, there are some cons as well, which I'm going to be talking to you about in this podcast episode. Um, so... Evelyn Trebol is a registered dietitian, and she coined the name intuitive eating. And she also came up with the process. Um, you know, it did the definition according to her website is intuitive eating is a self care eating framework which integrates instinct, emotion, and rational thought, and was created by two dietitians, Evelyn Trebol and Elise Resch, in 1995 intuitive eating is a weight inclusive evidence-based model with a validated assessment scale and over a hundred studies to date. Um, She's also come up with the 10 principles of intuitive eating, which act almost as a system for um, the whole kind of approach um, to nutrition. And um, also she kind of if you go on her website she'll actually kind of share a little bit about how it's now been misused and mismanaged so um it's it's a she basically she says that it is a weight neutral model with a validated assessment scale um meaning that they have a process to assess whether or not someone needs intuitive eating approach and um she goes uh, ahead saying um, that it's really backed by a lot of research. Um, so generally, it's got you know a very solid standing. Like it has a very solid um, science science backed and evidence based approach. And I do believe that it has really some positive um, aspects. Um, And she goes on to say that it's um, her principles work by either cultivating or removing obstacles to body awareness and a process known as interoceptive awareness. And essentially intuitive eating is a personal process of honoring health by listening and responding to the direct messages Of the body in order to meet your physical and psychological needs. Now, I kind of have a little bit of a problem with this last part where she talks about listening and responding to the direct messages of the body. Why I'm going to talk a little bit about that later on, why I have a problem with that, Um, and you'll understand the the reasoning behind why I have a problem with it um, later. But um, let's also kind of go into first about what is not intuitive eating, according to Evelyn. So intuitive eating is not a diet or a food plan period. She goes on to say, there is no pass or no fail. Therefore, there is no blowing it. Rather, it's a journey of self-discovery and connection to the needs of your mind and body. There is nothing to count. This includes no counting of calories, carbs, points, or macros. It if a health professional or coach is offering you intuitive eating for the purpose of weight loss, run away and run away fast. This has been a problem that in 2007, we started training and certifying health professionals in the intuitive eating process awesome. So this is something that I really find um, positive because there has been such a takeover with intuitive eating in the last several years with coaches that are unqualified. They're not registered dietitians wanting to help people with intuitive with the intuitive eating approach but using it as a tool for weight loss and it wasn't intended to be used as such it wasn't intended to be used for weight loss it was intended to be something completely different um and so i go on to kind of add to that, that um, it's important that if you are interested in this, that you find a intuitive eating counselor in your area, and you can do so in the from the website of intuitiveeating.org, which is the original intuitive eating pros uh, website of Evelyn and um, Dr. Elise. So. Um, She also goes ahead to say something that I also have a problem with. So she goes to say there is not a single long-term study that shows that weight loss dieting is sustainable. Now, this is blat- well. This is blatantly wrong and false. There is many, many studies um, that have been shown to um, help you know with weight loss, dieting, being uh, successful, done in the right way, done with the right um, approach, and for the right person. Um, and you know, I think I think this is i don't want to say that she's lying but i do want to say that you know at the end of the day even though she has coined or discovered and invented this approach and she might have you know some some amazing science-based um evidence there there also needs to be that kind of discernment that you know at the end of the day she also has a process that she's selling uh, it's a book and it's an approach and it's an ideology. So, um, you know, at the end of the day, she has an agenda which might be positive for, cer- for certain people. But saying this blanket statement that there is not a single long term study that shows that weight loss dieting is sustainable is not it is in my opinion very misleading and of course she says it so she can you know sell her approach and sell her ideology and we've seen this time and time again with the vegan movement we've seen it with the keto diet movement we've seen it with uh you know nowadays with carnivore um we've also seen it with earlier um you know few years ago when raw food and um the starch solution and other kind of ideologies that have been written by doctors you know and and you know books were written for these things and then um of course it was it's just cherry-picked data so one thing i want to make sure to kind of point out is that you can literally find some form of data to support any claim literally anything that you want you can find some form of evidence that will that will support your claim so At the end of the day you have to really have discernment when it comes to nutrition advice because you will literally look everywhere around you and you will see constant conflicting information and so it's it's no wonder that dieting is now um you know the diet culture is now being vilified because yes, in, in you know from from the outside and even from the inside, but like diet culture, yes, there's so many issues with our industry. But w- what I want to kind of you know go into is um, a little bit later is the fact that weight loss in and of itself is is good. It's a good thing when somebody needs to lose weight. For their health, it's a good thing. It's a positive thing that they're on a journey of weight loss. The means to this, this you know, that the means to this end or the means to to reach weight loss, um, is the problem. Is where things can go wrong. You know, the methods, but the principle of weight loss in and of itself is actually a good positive thing and if someone does need to lose weight whether they are morbidly obese sitting there and and, and negating that fact and saying well no they're 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 actually healthy that it's just blatant lies because we have seen time and time again that obesity you know when you look at somebody who is obese it's not just what you see on the outside you don't just look at somebody and think okay well you know they're obese but you know, they might be really healthy, they might have good numbers. Yes, that is true, but very rare is the case that they don't suffer with joint issues, that they don't suffer with... um, breathing problems with uh blood sugar problems with diabetes with a a risk of heart disease high cholesterol and so forth so it's very rare that you will see someone who is morbidly obese who doesn't have all of these health problems so um we cannot sit here and say that you can be healthy at every size because you you can't be healthy at every size so um you know, are you a bad person that if you are obese or you're overweight? No, of course not. Should you be denied health care? Absolutely not. Should you be treated as a second-class citizen because you are obese? Absolutely not. You should be treated with respect every single person should be treated with respect regardless of their weight and the way they look but when it comes to health we need to be pragmatic we need to be looking at things how they are they we need to be realistic about the truth and the truth is is that obesity kills and there is no way around that so in my opinion you know using this blanket statement that weight loss dieting is not sustainable, it's not true. So let's look at um, the, the the 10 principles of intuitive eating a little bit in more detail so we can actually go a little bit more into um, the whole kind of ideology behind intuitive eating and to see if there are any, you know, pros and cons. And I'm going to be sharing with you guys the pros and cons from my side, and then you need to decide for your sake if you believe that too. So the 10 principles of intuitive eating, we're going to look at number one, which is to reject the diet mentality. So she goes to say, now these are all her words. I have not written this. So we're going to go through each and every one. So reject the diet mentality, throw out the diet books and magazine articles that offer you false hope of losing weight quickly, easily, and permanently. Get angry at the lies that have led you to feel as if you were a failure every time a new diet stopped working and you gained back all of the weight. If you allow even one small hope to linger that a new and better diet might be lurking around the corner, it will prevent you from being free to rediscover intuitive eating. Now, I love this. Rejecting the diet mentality is something that I truly believe is necessary in order to find peace with food, food freedom, and also to be able to get to your goals. Because what I see time and time again, and I've seen that in myself, and I've also seen it with clients is that that diet mentality is simply looking for the quick fix looking for the magic pill and we know that it doesn't exist there is no magic diet whether you're on a vegan diet keto diet atkins diet south beach diet cabbage soup diet you name it it none of those diets actually work generally they don't work because they are unsustainable for most people. Whether they cut out a food group, whether they, um, you know, cut out an entire kind of food like meat and animal-based products. Um, or low carb, uh, you know, again, cutting out uh, carbohydrates or, um, you know, making it extremely difficult to sustain long term. So generally, yes, I agree to reject the diet mentality. So this is a positive principle. Um, and I do believe it's extremely important to do so. And I also think that losing with the mentality and mindset of losing weight quickly is, easily and permanently is, you know, it it, it sets you up for failure. Why? Because we know that losing weight quickly can cause rebounds. And we've seen this time and time again. Um, Again, it's unsustainable. And a lot of the times in the beginning, you lose a lot of water weight and um, losing weight easily is almost entirely impossible because let's face it it's not easy to lose weight it isn't easy it's simple but it's not easy what does that even mean well simple in the sense that yes it's simple that you need to be in a caloric deficit and you need to move more so eat less move more is extremely simple but It's actually much more complicated, much more nuanced because we are all individuals. We are all different and we all have different needs with different backgrounds, with different ways of, you know, being brought up. Um, You know, we have different hormones. We have different metabolisms. There's just too much to that goes into that to 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 blanketly slay blanketly. Is that even a word? blanketly? No, I don't think it is. (laughs) To just use this blanket statement that it's easy to lose weight because it's really not. And permanently, you know, when when I see this, you know, to lose weight permanently. um, Yes, you can lose weight permanently, but It's a little bit misleading to say that you can lose weight permanently because, let's face it, we have different phases of our lives. You know, when when, for example, you are going through maternity and when you're growing a baby inside of you, you know that you will gain weight. Um, So, you know, there's there's that gone out the window. But also, um, you know, we go through different phases of life where sometimes we do gain weight and maybe it's not like a lot of weight, but it's, you know, it's just unrealistic to to expect permanent weight loss for the rest of your life. So I do think I'm just going to drink a little bit of water here because mm, I have a really dry throat. So. <clears throat> so, yeah, permanently is very misleading. So, of course, we know that losing weight quickly, easily and permanently is literally impossible. Now, one thing I do want to say real quick is that we have to be careful with what we like, what what we mean by diet mentality, because... Well- if it's the if it's the whole dieting mentality of looking for the quick fix, then yes we want to reject that mentality. But dieting in and of itself there it's just neutral. There is nothing negative about dieting in and of itself. It's actually the methods that we use that cause the negativity and the unhealthy relationships with food. So this is very important to point out. Now, number two of the 10 principles of intuitive eating is honoring your hunger. And I love this. Keep your body biologically fed with adequate energy and carbohydrates. I'm not sure why she would say carbohydrates. Um, I suppose, you know, because, you know, carbohydrates are the driving... um, energy source. Otherwise, you can trigger primal drive to overeat. Once you reach the moment of excessive hunger, all intentions of moderate conscious eating are fleeting and irrelevant. Learning to honor this first biological signal sets the stage for rebuilding trust with yourself and food. And I really do believe that this is true. Yes, honoring our hunger is important. But we have to also be aware that with people who suffer with obesity, people who suffer with being overweight, people who have dieted on and off for most of their lives, generally don't have good hunger signals. You know, there are two very important hormones that we need to take into consideration when it comes to hunger, and that is leptin and um, ghrelin so leptin is actually the satiety hormone and ghrelin is the hunger hormone and generally with people who have you know excess body fat they are obese or they are overweight these both hormones are a little bit out of whack so we are looking at um leptin being suppressed so there, you know there's lack of satiety and also we have an increase of ghrelin which means an increase of hunger and it's not only in obese people it's actually in a lot of people who have disordered eating habits, or people that don't eat on a regular, you know, schedule and 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 have random meal times, or people that eat a lot of junk food and don't eat a healthy diet, um, yes, you know, th- this can happen. So it's not just in obese individuals, but it's also in you know people like you and me. I've been there, and when you're under stress, these Two hormones can affect you um, when you're not sleeping properly. Generally, ghrelin can be totally out of whack and really high, and you feel hungry all the time. So when you exercise, these also change. So you have to really, um, you know, be kind of pragmatic when it comes to looking at these, um, you know, hunger signals because when you are overweight. Honoring your hunger signals can be really difficult, especially if you've never ever paid attention. So I do believe that it's a very important part of honoring your your hunger, in in the whole process of um, intuitive eating, but also generally in the process of. Um, looking to improve your nutrition habits, looking to improve your lifestyle habits. This is some a point that I really agree with. Number three, let's look at make peace with food. Call a truce, stop the food fight, give yourself unconditional permission to eat. If you tell yourself that you can't or shouldn't have a particular food, it can lead to intense feelings of deprivation that build into uncontrollable cravings and often binging. And when you finally give in to your forbidden food, eating will be experienced with such intensity, it usually results in last supper overeating and overwhelming guilt. So, I also agree with this point. You know, making peace with food. Coming to the point where you realize that there is no good and no bad foods because there really is no good and no bad foods. Um, we need to look at food as just food. Um, so it's really important to do that because when we assign a moral value to food, we, you know, when we're eating well or when when we're eating so-called healthy food, then we are you know, feeling good and we're feeling happy and we feel good about ourselves. But then the minute we mess up, whether you're at a party and you have a piece of cake or you want a piece of pizza and this so-called food is bad in your eyes, you start to feel guilty and there's this kind of cravings, binging, and the cycle kind of repeats. So overeating can happen, but we also have to realize that, there there is some nuance here as well because there is certain foods that are more optimal than others we need to be aware of that because if you literally only eat junk food then and and you you know you've made peace with food and this is all you eat well is that going to really be good for you like is that in the long term going to be contributing to better health no it's not so we have to have you know a little bit more of critical thinking here we can't just again use these blanket statements because yes there are no good and bad foods but there are more optimal and less optimal foods and if you eat if you're always eating less optimal foods foods that are high calorie low nutrition value um that don't satiate you, that don't help you feel full, that don't help you with your goals, then of course, then you know, you you there needs to be a limit, so to speak. So again, I really do agree with making peace with food, but again, we need to have a little bit more of a nuance with that. Number four is challenge the food police. So this screams a loud no to thoughts in your head that declare you're good for eating minimal calories or bad because you ate a piece of chocolate cake. The food police monitor the unreasonable rules that dieting has created. The police station is housed deep in your psyche and its loudspeaker shouts negative barbs. Hopeless phrases and guilt-provoking indictments. Chasing the food police away is a critical step in returning to intuitive eating. So I also agree with this, and it ties in with that whole moral value to food. Not assigning this moral value to food viewing food as neutral, not good, and not bad, just neutral, and also having that nuanced approach where there's optimal and sub- suboptimal foods um, according to your goals. Again, it's according to your goals. If you're looking to get healthier, we cannot deny that high fat, poorly nu- uh, poor nutrition value food, uh, high calorie junk food is not going to help you lose fat if losing fat is a goal of yours or if you want to get your 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 high blood pressure down then of course you're going to need to you know watch what you eat we need to always have this nuanced view because again it's just not black and not white so challenging the food police is good and I also want to add is that that if you do struggle with such voices in your head, such issues that are deep in your psyche, and every time you eat, you have this guilt and overwhelming sense of, um, you know, hopelessness and and just negative associations to food, then. I really believe that you need also some help in that situ- in that situation. You need someone who is qualified to help you get through that. So um, perhaps intuitive eating or a counselor in intuitive eating is a good idea to go for that kind of help. But also looking at psychologists or psychiatry or some therapy because it's much more than food at this stage. It's much, much more than food. So let's look at principle number five, respect your fullness. Listen for the body signals that tell you that you are no longer hungry. Observe the signs that show that you're comfortably full. Pause in the middle of a meal or food and ask yourself how the food tastes and what is your current fullness level. I love that because it brings awareness. And this is something that a lot of us are lacking because we are not mindful when we're eating. We don't practice mindful eating. We shove food down the gullet. like We just literally inhale food for the majority of the time and we don't actually pay attention to um, signs that are showing us that we're full and we are too kind of obsessed with how much we're eating and that sense of, you know, Eat, eat, eat like as much as we can you know and so i do believe that this is a positive approach respecting your fullness um so love that number six is discover the satisfaction factor she goes on to say the japanese have the wisdom to promote pleasure as one of their goals of healthy living in our oh sorry uh of the The Japanese have the wisdom to promote pleasure as one of their goals of healthy living. In our fury to be thin and healthy, we often overlook one of the most basic gifts of existence, the pleasure and satisfaction that can be found in the eating experience. When you eat what you really want in an environment that is inviting and conducive, the pleasure you derive will be a powerful force in helping you feel satisfied and content. I like this to a certain extent. I think we... I think this is just my opinion, okay? I'm not saying that there is any, you know, any science to this, but there probably is if you look hard enough, but this is my opinion. I've noticed that the more and more we are um, getting educated, the more we are, you know, exposed to social media, um, basically, in the last several years, I've noticed that people are only focused on pleasure, pleasure-seeking um, and satisfaction-seeking activities, state of minds, um, mindsets. It's it's just always about self-love, self-acceptance. Um, you know. It, it, it's it's all very one-sided, and we've lost the ability to deal with life's hardships because we are only ever seeking pleasure. Um, you know, I, I really think that this is something that you need to kind of look within, because we have become a soft society. We have become very very soft, and 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 we don't have the strength to face our own um our own issues we don't have the the strength to look at ourselves in the mirror and say actually this is not serving me or um this this needs to stop this habit needs to stop we we are just constantly perpetuating this um pleasure and always looking for the easy way out And while eating can be wonderful, and it is, and it's an experience that, you know, isn't just about calories, isn't just about fat loss, isn't just about goals, but it's also, you know, shared moments with the people you love and activities and, um, you know, Thanksgiving, Christmas, you know, you know food is a, a massive part of who we are. But, and I say but with a big, big B, We have to also be realistic that it hasn't gotten us very far because look at where we are. We are seeing more and more and more obesity instead of people trying their best to succeed with weight loss. We are seeing it worsen. And so we need to be, you know, we we live in a gluttonous society. Um, So I think we, I I just wanted to kind of share that and I wanted to throw that in there because yes, I do kind of agree with Evelyn's point here, discovering the satisfaction factor and making eating pleasurable, but we have to have some, we have to have a boundary. We have to draw the line where, you know, it, where does it become too much? You know, where does it become where we're always seeking pleasure, uh, versus, um, sustenance really you know you know what i mean right (laughs) so moving on to number seven honor your feelings without using food this is something that i really strongly believe and stand by find ways to comfort nurture distract and resolve your issues without using food anxiety loneliness boredom anger are emotions we all experience throughout life each has its own trigger um and each has its own appeasement food won't fix any of these feelings it may comfort for the short term um, distract from the pain or even numb you into a food hangover but food won't solve the problem if anything eating for an emotional hunger will only make you feel worse in the long run you'll ultimately have to deal with the source of the emotion as well as the discomfort of overeating. I could not agree more. So this is actually a, a principle that I stand by, and I am always talking about, you know, that we need to find and discover the triggers behind why we eat. Is it hunger? Is it true hunger? Or is it is it because we are feeling anxious, lonely, bored, angry? or other emotions that are leading us to emotional eating so no we should not use food as a crutch and if you do use food as a crutch you need to get down get deep into the why and you have to understand why you're doing that and getting the help of a counselor is recommended moving on to number eight we're almost there guys there's only 10 so we're on number eight now respect your body accept your genetic blueprint just as a person with a shoe size of eight would not expect to be realistically squeezed into a size six it is equally as futile and uncomfortable to have the same expectation with body size but mostly respect your body so you can feel better about who you are it's hard to reject the diet mentality if you are unrealistic and overly critical about your body shape so I, I I stand by this, but I also, again, want to come in with a bit of a nuanced approach here because yes, you need to accept where you are. Yes, you need to respect your body and yes, you need to look at your genetics. But you, if you do want your body to look different, is that such a bad thing? You know, if, if you want... To have a different body is it such a bad thing to go on the quest to change it within realistic expectations let's let's be honest here we have to still have realistic expectations because yes you know you 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 can't squeeze into a size 8 shoe if you are a size 9 but when we're looking at body composition changes and perhaps you want to compete in a bodybuilding competition or you need to compete in another type of sport and you need to change the way your body looks in order to get there, then is that such a bad thing? I don't believe so. I don't believe so. And do we have to shame people for wanting that? No, I really truly don't believe that. So yes, we need to respect our bodies and we need to accept our genetic blueprint. And, you know, I'll give you an example. Like for me, I've always been on the curvier side and I love and accept my curves. And I know that for the most part, if I do um, ever get to a low body fat percentage, I will most likely lose my period, and I will most likely not have, you know, the, the the six pack abs because that's not the way my genetic blueprint is made up. I might be lean, but I might not get those six pack abs. Um, I might still have cellulite and, and most likely will have cellulite. Um, so I accept these as part of the process. Like I will always strive to be a better version of who I am. Like I will always, you know, strive to be better than who I was yesterday. So I don't look at other people's bodies and say, I want to look exactly like that because that is unrealistic. And being overly critical about your body shape, you know, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I've I've never done that. We are all overly critical because yes, we are constantly bombarded with unhealthy expectations and unhealthy standards by the way of magazines, by the way of the way we've grown up, by the way of um, our parents and what they believe. So, you know, beliefs that have been passed down from generation to generation. And of course, nowadays, Instagram, social media, Facebook. So, We are being, you know, fed these lies that we need to look a certain way. However, it's okay if you want to look different. It's okay if you want to change your body composition. It's okay. And that is why I believe this is a nuanced approach. Let's move on to number nine, exercise. Feel the difference. Forget militant exercise. Just get active and feel the difference. Shift your focus to how it feels to move your body rather than the calorie burning effect of exercise. I could not agree more. This one, I am on board 100% because you do not train to burn calories. It's such a small percentage of your total daily energy expenditure, it's like 5% or less, that one hour in the gym does not burn that many calories. Even if your watch says so, your watch is most likely very inaccurate. So we don't train to burn calories. We don't exercise to burn calories. We do exercise to build muscle, to um, become healthier, to feel good, there's so many benefits to exercise outside of burning calories. So, getting you know a better, healthier relationship with exercise is important. So, if you're the kind of person that has always exercised just to burn calories, and you are a bit of a cardio bunny, and all you do is run on the treadmill just to burn those calories, then yes, you need to change your mindset. If you're one of those people that is obsessed with calorie burn after every workout yes you need to change your mindset if you're one of those people that you you exercise to um make up for you know eating too much yes you need to change your mentality but yes you can also look at calorie burn during exercise but you need to have some sort of you know approach that isn't obsessive because you can look at it and say okay well yeah okay I burned 150 calories great this is cool and then move on with your day but you don't sit there and you obsess about it so it's really important to um, change your mindset when it comes to exercise and I am so on board with this principle and finally let's move on to the last principles of intuitive eating honor your health gentle nutrition make food choices that honor your health and taste buds while making you feel well remember that you don't have to eat a perfect diet to be healthy you will not suddenly get a nutrient deficiency or gain weight from one snack one meal or one day of eating it's what you eat consistently over time that matters progress not perfect I love this. This is something that I'm also on board and I 100% agree with this because yes, you do need to honor your health and I like that she's put this here because I think if you um you know work with her directly if you read the book in a little bit more detail you'll realize that she doesn't sit there and say that you need to go out and just eat junk food because it makes you feel good and because it aligns with intuitive eating no she does talk about honoring your health and if you do have high cholesterol high blood pressure and your doctor says you need to change your diet then yes it's a good time to start eating better so yes you do need to honor your health um And it's also good to honor your taste buds you know don't just eat plain chicken and broccoli because you think that that's the only way to lose fat that's not the only way to lose fat you can enjoy food and still meet your goals and still hit your goals and um, that's what flexible flexible dieting is all about and so I do believe also um, that you won't get a nutrient deficiency if you you know didn't eat vegetables one day or you screwed up another day like it's not doesn't work like that nutrition doesn't work like that so however you do need to pay attention to nutrient deficiencies if you do um, have any you need to rectify them. So, overall, I agree with this point. I'm 100% on board with honoring your health. Um, and gentle nutrition can encompass different habit changes um, that don't involve calorie counting, that don't involve using apps, that don't involve counting macros even. You can look at just um, some, some of the principles of healthy lifestyle and you know this could be eating protein, Uh, making sure that you're sitting down to eat drinking water eating your vegetables um, having three meals a day and all of those things like eating fruit like these are the things that we all know we should be doing but we still don't do them (laughs) Um, so I do believe honoring in your honoring your health is important And so overall these are the 10 principles of intuitive eating and i'm just going to quickly run through them again reject the diet mentality honoring your hunger make peace with food challenge the food police respect your fullness discover the satisfaction factor honor your feelings without using food respect your body exercise feel the difference honor your health so Overall, the 10 principles of intuitive eating are amazing. They're great. They have solid, solid points that really will help you. And the pros of intuitive eating as a whole is that it helps those who struggle with disordered eating. So if you just you struggle with disordered eating, perhaps intuitive eating is an approach that might help you when i say disordered eating i'm not talking about eating disorders i'm talking about disordered eating in the sense that you have issues with food guilt you have issues with um maybe binging or perhaps you um struggle with food guilt or you struggle with um just basically you struggle with having any sense of control around food and you always feel out of control or you're even obsessive about it um or obsessive about counting calories and things like that um and you can't relax around food then those are i would say disordered eating habits another one is um another pro of intuitive eating is that it assists in eating disorder uh, recovery. So I believe that, you know, if you have got an eating disorder, first and foremost, you need to be working with a registered dietitian and under the supervision of your doctor. So let's get that, you know, straight. It's a really important thing that you need to be working with a therapist or a team of people that are going to help you through this. Um, and that means that you should be on the on the road to recovery in a sense it should not be uh, left untreated and number three um, intuitive eating also helps build a healthy relationship with food and could be a strategy used to educate on healthy eating without weight loss in mind so if weight loss is not necessarily something that you need to be pursuing and you are generally at a healthy weight and your weight is not you know in any way affecting your health maybe the principles of intuitive eating might help you if weight loss is not a goal all right so it does help with building a healthy relationship with food and i've used some of the principles you know all in all as a whole to help my own journey into um, building a healthier relationship with food and I use them in my coaching. However, there are some cons and the cons to intuitive eating are my opinion, okay? Let's just put that out there. They're my opinions. That means you can disagree and it's okay, all right? Let's just be honest here and say that it's okay to disagree and, you know, we can still be friends. (laughs) So the cons of intuitive eating, in my opinion, is number one, it doesn't help people who actually want to lose weight and change their physique. So if you want to, to lose weight and you want to keep the weight off in a healthy and sustainable manner, intuitive eating as a whole might help you and it might not help you it might help you up until a point and then after that you could be running into some issues and um, if you're looking to change your physique your body composition unfortunately the reality is is that you will at some point need to track calories and macros If you want to step on stage, if you want to get lean or, you know, super lean for a photo shoot or some some event in your life, it could be a powerlifting competition, weightlifting, lifting competition or any other sport that needs you to drop weight, Um, you're going to need to be. A bit more mindful about the portions, the amount of food that you're eating. And if weight loss is a goal of yours, there's no harm in that. And this is where I want to kind of go back to um, what I said earlier in the beginning of um, the podcast when I said I have a problem that um I have a problem with intuitive eating because it's, as a whole, it helps a certain person, but it doesn't help the person who has, um, you know, these physique goals and wants to change their body composition or they've struggled their whole life with obesity, I don't believe intuitive eating and healthy at every size, the movements in and of itself help the obese population. I don't believe so. And I'll I'll tell you why. Because counting calories and being aware of the amount of food you're eating is extremely, extremely important. If you've never counted your calories, if you've never ever been aware of the macronutrients the carbs the proteins and the fats of your food it means that you've most likely never really taken into consideration what you put into your mouth meaning that perhaps some nutrition education is needed and part of being educated in nutrition is understanding energy balance and so if you you have always struggled with junk food and and not eating well and not feeding your body well and you have no idea how much protein is in food you don't even know what a vegetable is or you don't even know what fats are or what foods make up these macros then you do need to start tracking and you do need to look at this and that means that you do need to start count, t- counting calories and counting macros, and it's not obsessive if and if it's done right, with the right guidance and the right approach. Still, rejecting the diet culture and rejecting that there is one diet that fits everybody, or that you know um, there is one magic pill. We gotta reject those. But calorie counting. Remember, calorie counting is just a method. It's not the principle of weight loss. It's the method. But the principle of weight loss is the calorie deficit. And that doesn't change. It doesn't change based on, you know, your feelings, whether you're overweight or underweight. It doesn't change because it's science. Energy balance is science. So if you want to lose weight, you need to be in a calorie deficit. If you want to gain weight, you need to be in a calorie surplus. And that's the simple scientific term. But um, why do we call that obsessive counting calories or tracking our food, tracking our nutrition? Um, Because it's kind of the same as tracking your finances. If you're tracking your finances because you're looking to save money, that's not obsessive. It's wise. And it's the same thing that we look at when it comes to calorie counting and tracking our food intake. Do you have to count calories and track in an app? No, no, absolutely not. You can do it through a food journal. You can write it down. You can use hand portion method. There's many ways that you can do this. You don't have to necessarily measure everything out. You don't have to necessarily use food scales or an app like MyFitnessPal. Different strokes for different folks. Um, But we have to look at the fact that the cons of intuitive eating is that it doesn't really help those that want to lose weight because it's not made for weight loss. Intuitive eating is not meant for weight loss. And number two in the the cons of intuitive eating is that it's aligned with healthy at every size so evelyn writes in her uh website on her website that she is aligned with healthy at every size movement when i said in the beginning that i don't think there's anything wrong necessarily as a whole with healthy at every size the whole movement is a positive thing where we want to be inclusive of everybody so we're looking at um, you could be healthy at every size in a sense that you don't need to pursue weight loss if it's not a goal or if it's not needed for your health. However, where healthy and at every size has gone wrong is that now it's become a movement that, even though it started with good intentions, now we are promoting obesity. You're looking at uh, you're looking at people that are saying that actually obesity is okay and that it's fat acceptance and that anybody who goes against that is fat shaming and i don't believe that's true i don't believe that if i want to help somebody who needs the help because they need better quality of life because obesity is literally killing them then i i fat shaming that is not the case okay so i do need to really stress that the fact that the healthy and every size healthy and every size movement has become a cesspool of misinformation especially online especially on social media and it's now a cesspool of misinformation virtue signaling and shaming anyone wanting to lose weight or better their physique So this is where I personally do not want to align myself with Healthy at Every Size because actually I want to honor people's goals. If I have a client who comes to me and says, look, I don't want to lose weight. I just want to focus on my health. I just want to focus on bettering my health. I'm all for that. I will support them in that goal and quest. But if someone also comes to me and says, look, I really want to lose weight, I will also support that person in finding the best possible way for them to lose weight sustainably. And calorie tracking, macro tracking is part of that equation. Done right, flexible dieting is one of the most incredible things that I've ever discovered I used to be anti-calories I was I was anti-calorie counting I was just entering in the health coaching space I had just gotten certified from a holistic uh, nutrition school in the UK and all I thought about was um, nutrients and how to better one's health without counting calories but then as I got more you know science-based rather than, you know, too alternative, I realized that we need to be really careful about where we go with that because not only has the, um, you know, nutrition and, and fitness industry uh, become a cesspool of misinformation in so many ways, it's also created a lot of orthorexia, it's created, um, and if, people don't know what orthorexia means it's a um obsession with clean eating and the obsession with assigning moral value to food clean and dirty good versus bad and such so it, uh, you know there's a lot of that in our community also within coaches you know I've experienced orthorexia um coming from a very disordered eating background so we just have to be honest about where we are we we have to also realize that there is so much nuance to this and that's why I have never wanted to align myself with any particular way of eating any particular way of um way of life even like I just don't want to align myself with anything because at the end of the day we are all individual and as a coach I need to be able to look at the person who's standing in front of me as an individual and not through the lens of my preconceived bias or preconceived notions or my own beliefs and my own opinions and if someone comes to me and I see that they need help for example with Eating disorder or with disordered eating that I know I can't help, I will say, Look, this is not within my scope of practice. I think you need so and so. You need to go dig deeper. You might need intuitive eating therapy, or you might need to look at a counselor, or you might need to work with a dietitian. Like that is where I will draw the line and say, Look, this is just not my area of expertise. And, um, So that is something that I wanted to throw in there. So those are the cons, in my opinion. Um, The fact that, you know, at the end of the day, if you look at like intuitive eating, as a whole, if someone has never in their life tracked nutrition, has no idea about nutrition, they've always suffered with obesity, they've always struggled with obesity, they generally don't have very good connection to their body. They generally don't have a good connection to their hunger. They generally don't have a good sense of what, you know, not just sense, but education on what what constitutes as a healthy meal, what constitutes as high protein, what constitutes as optimal way of eating, because up until this point, they have been led to obesity because of so many of these unhealthy habits and so learning better habits is important so how can you eat intuitively when you have no idea of how much your body even needs and how your hunger signals are off like so that is where i really find the the problem with intuitive eating for certain people because um somebody who you know i look i can sit here and say well intuitively right now i'd like to eat an entire bar of lind caramel uh chocolate like that's intuitively that's what i really want and intuitively most of the time i want to eat pizza and i want to eat like pasta and i want to eat you know donuts and you know for the most part but Is that good for me? No, it's not. Like, I can eat it sometimes, but it's not good for me as a whole if I only have that in my diet. So intuitively, we have to be careful what we intuitively want, because the majority of us intuitively want to self-sabotage ourselves. And we're always seeking the easy way out. We're always seeking pleasure. We're always seeking comfort. We are built that way. We are built to seek Homeostasis. (laughs) homeostasis <laughs> nobody is you know no human being is built to want to diet okay that's not how we were built um and so yes like of course intuitive eating as a whole has so many good positive things to it but there are some things that we need to be skeptical and wary about especially if you do need to lose weight for your health, if you've been told you need to lose weight for your health, and you also want to lose weight for your sake, for your own sake, and for your own health and well-being, and for your own quality of life, so um, that is overall the, the the conversation today. And I do want to uh, also, you know, just point out that there is so much shit. I'm going to say it, shit on social media, on intuitive eating. There's so many misinformed coaches, coaches that are not using it in the right way. And overall, I think it's a great message what Evelyn has created and a great you know, it it has its pros, but I have also listened to stories of people who have been in the healthy at every size movement have, you know, tried intuitive eating and it was a disaster. And so it doesn't work for everybody. And remember, while Evelyn Tribble and, Elise Resch wrote this book. They also have an agenda. They want to sell the ideology. So remember that when you're looking to, you know, intuitive eating as a potential option to getting a healthier relationship with food. And if it's weight loss that you're looking for, intuitive eating is not made for weight loss. So um, just keep that in mind as well. So, Wow, this podcast went on a little bit more than I wanted. And I just want to say thank you for listening in. For those who are, you know, regular listeners, I really appreciate that you take the time to listen to me ramble about nutrition and fitness and lifestyle. Um, it's, uh, It's really something that I love to do. I love to talk and I love to discuss things. And I'm hoping that I can bring on some more guests um, the next next guest that I have coming on is an awesome trainer and I can't wait for you guys to listen in. So keep, stay, stay tuned for that episode. And remember guys, you can always find me on Instagram. You can also find me on Facebook. And if you would like help in your health and fitness journey, please reach out, send me an email. All the details are in the show notes. I really enjoyed this episode and I hope you did too and I will speak to you soon have a great day